big mad at me for suggesting Why? that Brock Purdy would be one of the greatest stories in NFL history if he won it a Super be. Bowl as Mr. Be. Irrelevant. But people are big mad for me not no. mentioning Kurt Warner because Kurt Warner was actually undrafted. That's right. In the first Super Bowl MVP to be undrafted. So I guess undrafted. So maybe that, yes, he was bagging groceries. So that put the, you a notch above Mr. Irrelevant because Mr. Irrelevant was actually drafted. Right. Here's the thing. They're both amazing stories at the end of no, the day. No, no. You have to choose which one you like better. You got to pick <laughs> what's the best. Works. That's true. That is how sports radio works. No Jonathan Zaslow, he knows. He is filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's bring in some help. With all things Super Bowl 58, K.J. Wright, Super Bowl champ himself, host of the K.J. All Day podcast, kind enough to give, him, uh, give us some of his time. And K.J., thanks for joining us. We spent a lot of time talking about these offenses. So before I talk to you about quarterbacks or offenses, let's start with defense, okay? You know a thing or two about that. And this Kansas City Chiefs defense has actually been the bread and butter of this team this season. Do you think that the Chiefs defense gets enough credit? Oh, I don't. Not, not, not nearly enough. Any Chiefs Magnolia defense doesn't as well. But year in and year out, when the game is on the line, when they need a play, when they need a spark on this football team, the defense always comes through. And ever since Steve Spagnuolo has came to this football team, there have been nothing but, but championships, been nothing but winning. And so I love what they bring to the table. Obviously, Chris Jones up front, Nick Bolton on the back end. We saw the phenomenal game that both those guys had in last year's Super Bowl. And so when you're facing a Kyle Shanahan type of offense, a Kyle Shanahan team, it is not going to be easy. They have weapons all over the football field. They're running back and their left tackle, their receivers, like Hall of Famers, left and right. And so it is going to be a big-time challenge for these guys. They have to start really, really fast. Because if you let this Kyle Shanahan offense get started early and often, it's going to be a really, really long day for those guys. So, KJ, you know, we're going to be watching the game this Sunday, and, and pretty much everyone that watches the game wants to see scoring. They want to see the offense slinging the ball all around the field. They want to see touchdowns. Do you watch the game and you get offended when there's high-scoring games? Do you watch the game and just want the defense to make stops the entire game? I I just want to see really, really good football. I don't like seeing bad ball out there. I don't like seeing offenses get easy plays on defense. I don't like seeing offenses run through the heart and soul of a defensive lineman being undisciplined in their gap assignment. I just like seeing really, really high-quality football. Make the offense earn it. Don't give them nothing cheap. Don't give them nothing deep. Referees, stay out the way. Don't do what you did last year and give the Chiefs a Super Bowl. And so um, I just like seeing guys communicate well, playing sound. But if it's a high-scoring game and they're really earning it, they're really doing some creative stuff on offense, I'll take that all day, every day. Super Bowl champ KJ Wright joining us. You can find him at KJ underscore Wright 34 on Twitter and on Instagram. So, KJ, you told me how that Chiefs defense is going to have to try to stop that 49ers offense. Let's flip this thing around, though. What about that 49ers defense? What's the key for them stopping the Chiefs? Okay, so I'm looking at Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. He has got to go look at the film when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played the Kansas City Chiefs in their 2020 Super Bowl. Watch that game plan that those guys had on defense. At the line of scrimmage, they were hitting Travis Kelsey. When they was going man-to-man, they was right in his face. They double-teamed him. 
if you let this guy take over this game, if you let him run free, if you let him have eight catches for over 100 yards, I will be extremely, extremely disappointed in this Niners defense. You have got to take away their jab. You got to take away what they do best. If there's a game plan where I see man-to-man coverage and there's Travis Kelsey man-to-man against the safety with no help, I'll be extremely disappointed. And so make sure that you just find a way to stop number 87, force Patty Mahomes to give the ball to someone else, and I truly believe that they'll be victorious if Travis Kelsey has a quiet game. And so don't let him take over. Beat him at the line of scrimmage. Drop a defensive tackle to his side. Really force him to go outside of the numbers because the Texas Mahomes control the middle of the field. That's exactly what him and Andy Reid wants to do. KJ, you've been through this Super Bowl week twice in your career, back to back years. You know the third, the, the Wednesday, like today, the Wednesday before Super Bowl Sunday. What what are the players going through? What were you going through? Was it nerves the entire week? When oh. did the nerves go away? What was the week like for you? Yeah, so for me, when, when Wednesday hit, I cut off everybody. If you're not my coach, my wife, or my teammate, you have, you, there's nothing for us to talk about. There's no small talk. There's no coming by the hotel to hang out. I was all the way dialed in to the Denver Broncos and the New England Patriots. And with these guys, there's so many distractions. There's so many people tugging and pulling at you. But as a player, you got to find a way to draw those that line in the sand, create those boundaries. This is the biggest game of my life, and I don't know when I will able to be able to get back here. I went to two. I'm like, okay, you know, this is your fourth year in the NFL. You'll be back once or twice. Then didn't even get close to it after I lost to the New England Patriots. And so these guys got to understand that this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You've got to be dialed into the details, dialed into film studies with all of the media, all of the family, all of the distractions going around. You've got to find a way to draw that line in the sand. KJ, are you nervous in the game, or once the game starts, you can make it feel like every other week? Oh, no. One, one thing that I did in both Super Bowls, you remember when you were a kid and the uh, NFL used to always show a kickoff when the cameras were flashed and all those lights would be in the sand? Uh-huh. I really enjoyed that moment, both Super Bowls. But once you run onto that football field, and once you make that first contact, all right, it's go time. <laughs> let's, let's play some football. That's the only time that it, that, it seems, that it seems for real, leading up to it, seeing that beautiful national anthem, seeing the Jets fly over you. That's the only time we're like, man, I am in the biggest game of my life. The entire world is watching. Once you have that kickoff, you cross between those white lines, and you make contact with your opponent, you're literally just dialed in. It's just a regular football game. It's find a way to get the win. Super Bowl champ KJ Wright joining us here on Amber and Ian. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. KJ, what's the better storyline in your opinion? Mr. Irrelevant and Brock Purdy uh, going from Mr. Irrelevant to Super Bowl winner or Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. gets his third ring already by 28 years old? Oh, not even close. It's, it's Brock Purdy. <laughs> I mean, we're talking the last pick in the draft. All lines are stacked against you. Um, you're still getting haters, even if with the record that you have, being a top five and passing and touchdown. I believe the whole world would be A-OK with Brock Purdy just having this ultimate underdog story. Like, no one believed you in the draft. You the backup. It took a few quarterbacks to get injured before you got your shot. I mean, I'm personally rooting. Even this is a Seahawks fan speaking. I'm personally rooting for Brock Purdy to have a big-time game, and I won't be mad if he, if he loses. 
I mean, if he wins, excuse me. But um, you just look at what Patrick Mahomes has done. Obviously, he's probably going to win it. But for Brock Purdy and what he's pulled together in just two years has been extremely impressive. KJ, you've been on both sides of it back-to-back years. Does winning the Super Bowl feel better than losing the Super Bowl hurts? I mean, we threw the ball on the one-yard line with beast mode. I mean, it's been 10 years, and to this day, I haven't gotten over it. And so people don't talk about Super Bowl 48 when we blew out the Denver Broncos. Literally, no one asked me about that. Anytime it's Super Bowl talk, they always talk about Super Bowl 49 and what in the heck were you guys thinking. And so I do have one to my resume, but the way we lost, the fashion that we lost, the, the heartbreak that we all suffered for years, it's the one that really sticks out to me. That's sad. That's depressing. You that's want a, one. That's, that's the a, only one that you need to think about, KJ. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. KJ Wright, Super Bowl, cha- Super Bowl champ. See, whenever yeah. I introduce yeah. you or reset during this interview, I have said Super Bowl champ. Okay, not Super Bowl loser. I didn't mention <laughs> yeah. all that. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Thank you so, for that. <laughs> so here's the deal. You won that Super Bowl, though, with the Seattle Seahawks. So on your way out here, I've got to ask you a question about those Seahawks because moving on from Pete Carroll, obviously huge news here Mike McDonald yep. is now the head coach of the Seahawks. What do you make of both of those things? Obviously, Coach Carroll leaving. I, I played with him for a decade. That was a heartbreaking. Just to see him up there at that podium, um, he shed tears. He was obviously disappointed. He fought for his job. He still wanted to be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. But uh, 14 years is a really long time to be a head coach. And this, this job, all of our jobs, when you play in the NFL, is rented. You do not own a job in the NFL. You are borrowing it for a time, and it's all about the legacy that you leave while you, while you coach or while you play. And he's definitely a staple in this Seattle community forever. So extremely happy for all that he did. And for me to be a part of it was everything to me. But um, it's time for, obviously, a new coach to come in here. Mike McDonald is a guru when it comes to dialing up defenses. I've never seen a defense when it feels like there's 13 guys out there playing at once. When they kicked our butts this year earlier, when the Seahawks went to Baltimore, I was like, there's literally 13 guys on this football field when we're going on offense. And so it's going to be exciting to see what he does. He has got to nail this offensive coordinator. There's a lot of chatter about Chip Kelly potentially making a return back to the NFL. I'm not opposed to that at all. And so for Mike McDonald to come in here, obviously I trust him, but he really has to nail his, his staff. And Chip Kelly's not a name that um, I'm not opposed to coming here in Seattle. Interesting. Certainly a new era there in Seattle. Any way you cut it. KJ Wright, Super Bowl champ. We won't talk about the other one. Host (laughs) of the KJ All Day podcast. Find him at KJ underscore Wright 34 on Twitter and on Instagram. KJ, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, KJ. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Coming up next, who is under the most pressure to win on Sunday? We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also available to you on the ESPN app.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Super Bowl 58. Chiefs. 49ers. Touchdown, Kansas City. All the news, the analysis, the predictions, and reaction from the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers. Oh, a spectacular grab by Debo Samuel. Super Bowl 58. Coverage continues right here on ESPN Radio. Nothing but coverage of Super Bowl 58 as we head towards the big game on Sunday. It is the biggest week on the NFL calendar's entire year. And we are very excited to have somebody else now joining us in studio. Ed McCaffrey, three-time Super Bowl champ. Three-time. Three-time. What what a greedy pig. Three Super Bowl wins. (laughs) Only three. Also father of Christian McCaffrey, who, you know, happens to be playing in a Super Bowl himself on Sunday. And this week, since it is actually Super Bowl week that Christian is playing on Sunday, which direction do you want that intro to go? Like, do you want father of Christian McCaffrey to come first or three-time Super Bowl champ always is at the top of the resume? Oh, man, I became Christian's dad many, many years ago. So, yeah, let's hope we <laughs> add one to uh, to his resume. I'm so yeah. happy for him. You know, you know, I put my dad cap on now, right? I'm a father. I don't have any impact on the game. We're there to love and support Christian no matter what happens. Uh, Lisa and I will be there with all three of our other boys. We have four boys total, and rarely do we get everyone together. So it's a wow. great photo op uh, opportunity for us, and uh, we're all there to support Christian. He's been dreaming about this game since he was a kid. You know, ever since he first picked up a football, there's some pictures circulating of him running around in the confetti after Super Bowl 33, and he was only a couple years old back then. Um, and then when he first started playing, he just fell in love with the game. So like every parent who wants their kid to, you know, fulfill their dreams, this is one of his. All right, so Ed, I mean, what what is this experience this Sunday going to be like for you and your wife you know like you said you can't control the game you're just a dad now isn't that the hardest part when you were playing you could do something about it now you're helpless 100 percent, 100 percent. you know I, I like feeling in control sometimes I'm a control freak but at least when you're playing you have the ability to control at least your job and feel like you have an impact on the outcome of the game. And uh, here we're just parents. So I don't know, man. Like, talk to me in a couple of days, right? Like I've never watched one of my sons playing oh. a Super Bowl before. This is the first time. So uh, we'll see. We try to enjoy the game over the years. You know, we've watched so many games. Um, and we try to enjoy them. And, you know, you get too stressed out if you're nervous all the time. And you're not helping anyone. You know, I'm here to be with Lisa and be with my boys and support Christian. 
and we're here for them no matter what. Try to look around, appreciate that we're here, right? This is pretty cool, pretty cool experience. Hopefully it, it ends well, but, you know, I've never done it before, so let's, let's talk Monday. Amber, so, I feel like I feel like the whole game I would be Amber uh, like on the verge of projectile vomit watching <laughs> my I'm like it, it would I wouldn't be able to handle it. A hundred percent. Even if you'd won three yourself, a hundred percent. I think watching your kid <laughs> try to win one would be harder. Frankly, yeah. I, I can totally understand that. Yeah, we well, you know, we felt that way in the second half versus Detroit. It was, you know, they're <laughs> yeah. down seventeen points at halftime. And it's the NFC Championship game, and you guys know, right? I mean, there's always a chance to come back and win, and they came back and won. It was the biggest comeback victory in NFC Championship history. But you're down 17, and as a parent, you're you are feeling a little nauseous. You're like, ugh. <laughs> are you this preparing is... your your, your post game <coughs> talk with Christian? Like, don't worry about it. you had a great year. It's okay. Like, were you preparing that mentally in your head? Yeah, you, luckily, uh, yeah, I was against Detroit. You know, as a dad, you're like, okay, you know, how's how's this going to play out? But like, you know, he he pours his heart and soul into this game, and he gives everything he possibly can. And we've watched hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games of his in you know, football, basketball, baseball, track, lacrosse. You know, luckily he's won most of them, but you know there's been losses, and so we've been down that road before. I, there's really nothing I can say to him. I mean, go do your things the best I can do. He he prepares and gets ready for these games, um, does everything he possibly can. But then you you got to go out and compete. And you know, this is the greatest team sport in the world. A player can't win a game on his own. It's not like you know one on one wrestling or or tennis or golf. It's like you know teams win this game. So as a player, you just want to know. That at the end of the game, you can look your teammates in the eye and, and know that they know you gave them everything you had. That, that's all you can control. So going into these games, control what you can control. We, we hear people talk about, you know, tune out all the noise. You really have to. You, you, I mean, you get dialed in, you go to practice, you watch your film, you study your playbook, you go through your you know, physical rituals of getting your body ready to go. And then once you go out and compete, if you've been practicing the right way, preparing for games the right way, you don't do anything different. It's just like any other week. You go do the same thing and, and hope for a good result. Ed, you were, yes, you were a three-time Super Bowl champion, but you, you were also a really good player, all right? You had a really good career. When, when after watching Christian play, maybe it's while he's in college, heck, maybe you got to go back to high school, or maybe it's his first few years as a pro, as, as good a player as you were, when did you realize, wow, Christian is a lot better than I was. Well, you know, all we really have is our own experience. So, you know, I draw on my little league experience. I played at eight, and I remember, you know, going to practice with my friend Howard. Coach Church would have us running laps and doing up downs, and I would always eat like a grilled cheese sandwich right before practice and think I was going to puke before the end of the day. <laughs> and, you know, I'd get in games. And I actually played running back when I was a kid, but, you know, I might score a touchdown in a game. Um, and that was pretty good. Christian, you know, I got to say early on he showed some promise. But you never know, right? They're kids. But he'd score, you know, five, six, seven touchdowns a game uh, when he was seven and eight. And you're like, I don't think that's normal. You know, I, don't, I certainly wasn't able to do that when I was a kid. And even though we're in Castle Rock and it's Colorado and people would say, yeah, but, you know, you got Houston and Dallas and Miami and South Florida and L.A. and Pennsylvania where I came from. And there's all these bigger cities. So you do wonder, well, you know, I don't know how he compares to those other kids in those other cities. Um, but then as he got older, uh, you know, he had some success in high school. They played out-of-state teams with some really good, highly ranked players. Then he went to Stanford, and they won a Pac-12 championship. And then you start to feel like, you know, look, he can compete with anybody at this point. Um, and he's definitely going to be in the NFL. And, you know, hopefully his game will translate to the pro game, which, which it has.
Yeah, uh, it certainly yeah. has done that. Ed McCaffrey in studio with us here on Amber and Ian. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Uh, so it's worked out quite well here for your son, Christian. But did you want your boys to pursue football? Was there any trepidation there? Because it ain't an easy thing to make the league, obviously. And you set the bar very high with those three Super Bowls in a very long career. Yeah, you know, a lot of my teammates didn't want their kids playing football. Lisa and I agreed that we want them to do what they want to do. So we're not going to force them into anything. We would give them the choice even when they were young. Um, hey, what do you want to do? You want to be part of the chess team? Do you want to be in the math club? Do you want to be an actor? Uh, do you want to play sports? But what, you're going to do something. We were just really big proponents of, you know, you are what you do. Go do something. Do anything. Find out what you like. Find out what you don't like. But you need to stay active. Go to school. Get good grades. And then be part of some kind of an activity. And so they didn't play when they were um, younger. Our oldest son decided to play when he was nine. And in Colorado, they start football at six. So you know, he didn't ask to play till he was nine. But we also agreed, like, we're not going to sign him up for things, but we're also not going to deny them the opportunity to do something that they wanted to do. So when he asked to play, we signed him up, and uh, Christian saw that his big brother was playing football, and as soon as he saw that he was playing football, because uh, Max was two years older than he was, then he decided he wanted to play, then the other two brothers followed suit. But we we never pushed him into the sport, because I, I just think that, you know, as a parent, if you force your kids to do something, they're going to resent you for it, and they're probably not going to want to do it and want to, you know, fall in love with it with it on their own. So I, we thought it was really important that they decided what they wanted to do and chase their dreams, regardless of what it was. Well, you set the bar really low <laughs> for <laughs> Christian. I mean, he's crawling around in the confetti at the <laughs> Super Bowl at three years old. He's probably like, this is great. This is what it's always like. It's so easy to get here, but he is actually here this weekend on Sunday. Ed McCaffrey is going to continue to hang out with us coming up next. Who is under the most pressure to win on Sunday here on ESPN radio? No Ian on this Super Wednesday of Super Bowl week. Instead, Jonathan Zaslow, Ed McCaffrey, kind enough to hang out with me. So here's the question, guys. Who has the most pressure to win in Super Bowl 58? And we will not include your son in this conversation, Ed. Uh, Your son, Christian McCaffrey. Chris Canty came up with a list, though, and... His list is interesting to me because I tend to agree with the overwhelming majority of it. So here is Chris Canty's list from Unsportsmanlike this morning. Chris Canty said Travis Kelsey at five, John Lynch at four, Patrick Mahomes at three, Brock Purdy at two, and Kyle Shanahan at one. And for me, the only person I wouldn't have on this list is Patrick Mahomes because I don't actually think there's that much pressure on Patrick Mahomes. We all think that he's the greatest quarterback of his generation already and he's got plenty of time to compete in more Super Bowls although I recognize that's hard to do but if he loses this one it doesn't really change anything concerning the narrative for me around around Mahomes. Zaslow? I, I, I disagree about not having Mahomes on the list because the quarterback is always going to have pressure on him, all right? And in Mahomes' case, while it's not the be-all, end-all for him, he's already a multi-time Super Bowl winner, no matter what happens this weekend, we're still going to talk about him as one of the greatest ever. But every opportunity you have to cash in on one of these Super Bowls, there is pressure. So I, I'm fine with Mahomes being on the list. I would not have Kyle Shanahan number one, though. I, he would be there. But for me, I'd probably flip-flop 
Kyle Shanahan, and Brock Purdy. I would probably have Brock Purdy number one, not just because of other people's perception of him right now, but also I look at a monetary factor, all right? If Brock Purdy goes out there and proves how great he is and he becomes a Super Bowl champion, we're talking the potential of a long-term extension that the 49ers wind up giving him. These other guys on this list, Shanahan, Mahomes, Lynch, Kelsey, they're, they're taken care of with their contracts from a financial perspective. So I would actually have Brock Purdy number one. What do you make of that, Ed McCaffrey? You know what? I would put like the sixth DB fifth receiver on this list, right? We just brought the A-team in. These are the best players and general managers and coaches that there are. Like, if you're on the bottom of the depth chart, if you're like, you know, 44, 45, 46, you may not be on the team next year, man. This is your chance (laughs) to get a Super Bowl ring. You'll be telling your grandkids, yeah, I want a Super Bowl. Uh, That's where, I mean, if there's any pressure to win a to win a Super Bowl, it's, it's with those guys. But, but it is very cliche and it's very true. The only pressure is the pressure you put on yourself. I don't think any of these guys are putting pressure on themselves. They're all elite, intense competitors. But look at Travis Kelsey, right? He's uh, you know going into the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer. He's already shattered all kinds of records, breaking Jerry Rice records. He's a couple touchdowns away from breaking his touchdown record. Already bro- broke his postseason reception record, right? So you know, considered one of the best tight ends of all time, knowing he's going into the Hall of Fame and he's dating the biggest pop star on the planet. So he's got a great brother. They do a podcast together. I think he's just fine. I don't think he'll feel pressure. I think he's going to go play his game. John Lynch, he's already in the Hall of Fame, you know, and he's been a phenomenal general manager. No matter what happens, he put together a great roster for this 49ers team. Pat Mahomes, he's won a couple Super Bowls. That's the other thing. Like, you know, Lynch has won Super Bowls. Travis Kelsey has won Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes has won Super Bowls, considered the greatest quarterback of her generation. Um, all these guys want to win, but but this is the A-list. Brock Purdy, they're calling him Mr. Irrelevant. They're still throwing shade and not giving him respect. He, he went from the last on the depth chart to setting all kinds of statistical records, uh, e- even some records that were better than Patrick Mahomes' during the regular season. Obviously, he wants to win a Super Bowl. And then Kyle Shanahan, right? Kyle Shanahan, all he's done is win. He took over a two-win team in 2017. They won six games. Garoppolo got hurt. They struggled the next year. But this was a turnaround team for him. Then they get to the Super Bowl in his third season, losing to none other than the Kansas City Chiefs, right? But we've learned that that was not too shabby of a team. They've been in four of the last five, won a couple since then, right? And then, uh, you know, had a rough year again, injury to the quarterback. But then in three straight years, 10 wins, 13 wins, 12 wins, got to the playoffs all three years, won the NFC the last two years, and now has his team back in the Super Bowl. He is incredibly highly regarded around the league. Everybody knows he's a phenomenal coach. Everybody wants to add to their legacy. All these guys want to win a Super Bowl or another Super Bowl, no doubt about it. But this, I mean, these guys, this is the A-list here. It is the A-list. You're absolutely right. None of these guys are losing their jobs if they don't win a Super Bowl on Sunday. That would be the guys at the back of the 53. That's not fun, though. All right, we got to talk about the big names <laughs> when we're talking yeah. about who has the most pressure because that's just how the sports radio thing works. And for me, Kyle Shanahan, the reason I agree with Canty and would also have him on the top of the list, yes, of course, he's had a lot of success as a coach, but also he has two of the biggest blown leads in Super Bowl history that he was a part of. And because of that him actually being able to maintain a lead here or come back from behind and win a Super Bowl. 
I think is paramount when it comes to his entire coaching legacy and something that needs to happen here for a coach that you're right, universally is wild, widely respected and that people already think is an excellent coach. But Zaslow, for me, he needs that notch on his belt. It's funny the way it works, right? Where there's this pressure on Kyle Shanahan now because of everything you just mentioned and because he he was the offensive coordinator of a team that was up 28-3 to and lost because he was the head coach of a team that was up 10 in the fourth quarter and lost both those games in the Super Bowl. So it's funny the way it works out, right, where the pressure that you just described on Kyle Shanahan when if they would have lost last week or two weeks ago to Detroit, we wouldn't be talking about all the pressure that's now on him. Like, it, it would have been okay to lose that way, but you can't then go to the Super Bowl and lose again. You know what I'm like? Am I am I explaining that properly? Well, you definitely can't lose when you are ahead in this thing. I mean, if you lose outright, if the Chiefs just kick their a on Sunday, then that's one thing. But I think because of that history with Kyle Shanahan, because of what happened with the Falcons, because of what happened before last time they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I think if they have a lead and then lose. That's that that's going to set fire to all sports radio programming for the week after the Super Bowl. But but think yeah. about it, right Ed, where where if if Kyle Shanahan loses in the Super Bowl this weekend, the criticism that will follow because he lost that game again will be greater than if he lost 2 weeks ago and never even had the opportunity to win the Super Bowl. And that's a little bit backwards. Yeah, hey, look, we in the media cover these games so much more closely than we used to, right? I mean, we're talking about everything from what guys are eating for breakfast to how they get treatment. You know, we see them out at dinner. We Somebody takes a picture. Um, we talk about every play of every game all the time. And so, you know, to that extent, whoever wins will get applauded and whoever loses will get critiqued pretty harshly, uh, whether it's the Kansas City Chiefs or the 49ers. Um, you're right. Perception is reality. There's better ways to win and uh, worse ways to lose, and we'll certainly look at that. But what what if I told you Kyle Shanahan's been coaching, what, seven years? He's been to two Super Bowls, right? What if I told you there's a coach that's won a couple of Super Bowls that didn't win his first one until his 20th season right. as head coach? That happens to be Andy Reid, the mm-hmm. guy he's going against. So Kyle Shanahan could lose for 13 more years <laughs> and then win a Super Bowl and be on Andy Reid's level. Do you, do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, Kyle Shanahan's not going anywhere. The, the, the thing that he uh, does is he, he coaches the whole team. He's, there's really not that many of them left. There's a handful of coaches like Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, one of them, who knows everyone's assignment on the field and can see them performing their assignment at the same time. They have the vision to see everything that's going on. You don't need to hit replay. I got to still hit replay, right? Replay, what happened on that play? Let me, you know, here's the line, here's the backers, here's the secondary. The best coaches like Andy Reid and like Kyle Shanahan see the whole field at the same time. Not many people can even physically do it, but then he also is intelligent enough to what every what to know what everyone's job is and he talks to the whole team so my point is he's a great football coach there's a lot of coaches now that hire two great coordinators they oversee the team they give the pep talks they organize the schedule and then they let their coordinators call the game he calls the offense and is the head coach and works closely with coach Wilkes to install the defense all year long and knows everybody on defense's assignment and on special teams right and so that kind of coach isn't going anywhere he'll coach for another 20 or 30 years if he wants to and, uh, and yes, this game's important. And yes, it will add to his legacy. And yes, we're going to judge him one way or the other if they win or lose. 
uh, favorably or unfavorably. But realistically, you know, Andy Reid, it took him 20 years to win a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan will coach as long as he wants because he's a great football coach. That's why. Uh, he, it did take Andy Reid that long. We did used to have these stupid conversations about Andy Reid before he got that first one uh, with Kansas City. Even though he's already a great coach, even though he'd been there, even though we all thought he was a good coach, when he's in Philadelphia, we still had these stupid conversations about Andy Reid. Can he, can he get over the hump when it matters most? All of that sort of stuff. That's the same thing that I think will follow Kyle Shanahan around if he ends up losing another one here. Ed McCaffrey, Jonathan Zaslow hanging out with me. Ian is out tonight on Amber and Ian. And Travis Kelsey is on this list for me, along with Chris Canty, only because of where he's at right now in terms of the star power. I mean, it's not really fair to him. He's obviously one of the greatest tight ends of all time. And there's not really any pressure on him. He's already got Super Bowls, right? But I do think because right now with Taylor Swift in the way that he's in the limelight, that there is some pressure only because of his popularity right now. That might sound ridiculous, but I do think that there's a lot of eyeballs on Travis Kelsey that weren't on Travis Kelsey the last time we saw him in the Super Bowl. Well, there, there's pressure on Travis Kelsey right now because if they lose, it's going to ruin his plan to propose in the end zone after the game. Happening. It's so cheesy. This is That's very important. Happening. Yeah, no, that is not happening. There's no chance of that happening. But if there's, are they wage? Is there a bet on? There's probably a line of on that. Of course, there is. Vegas right now. Of I course, bet there is, I Absolutely. bet there is a line. I bet there is a line on that somewhere. But there I would, is. I would, it's not in the American sports books. But there are international sports books that have already put out that exact bet. Is Travis Kelsey going to propose to Taylor Swift on the field if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? It, How many carrots is that diamond? How many carrots oh, is that God. diamond? Well, Goodness true. gracious. We'll find out yeah. Sunday night. I'll tell you what. Although you know she what? could I, buy a bigger one for herself. So. <laughs> yeah. i tell you what. You know, the thing about Travis, did you see opening night Travis talking to George Kittle? I mean, with the tight end you, these guys get along. Look, this is a game where it, it'd be great if it was one of those old-fashioned love-hate relationships. But look, there's just all these great players battling. We're going to watch some of the best players in the world compete. And it's pretty evenly matched. I mean, what was the point spread? It was two points. This is a coin toss game. Um, there's so many great players on both sides of the ball. This is Kansas City's best defense they've ever brought to a Super Bowl. You got Mahomes and Kelsey. You got Taylor Swift. So there's a lot more eyes on football. Um, you know, people that never watch football. That's probably a great thing for the game, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's yeah. a great thing. The NFL must be absolutely loving all this attention right now because of Taylor Swift. I have zero complaints about young <laughs> women and girls tuning into football. That just helps the product overall, and we need more girls uh, to get involved in football. So that's super, super cool. Coming up next year on Amber and Ian. Who should be in on trading for Justin Fields? Adam Schefter said that there might be a first-round pick involved in that trade. We'll get into that next year on ESPN Radio. Zaslow and Ed McCaffrey hanging out with me here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. You can find Zaslow at Zaslow Show. You can find Ed McCaffrey at 87Ed. And you can find me at Amber W Sports. So, guys, Adam Schefter said something sort of interesting on Waddle and Sylvie today, ESPN's NFL insider. He was asked what might go down in the event that the Bears hold on to the number one pick and they decide to use it. That means then, of course, they'd have to get rid of their quarterback in Justin Fields. And he thinks that the price tag could be pretty high for that. Take a listen to Adam Schefter. Do you believe they would get a second-round pick for Justin Fields? Definitely. Definitely. I, definitely. I think, I think they might get a one. 
Really? I do, yeah. Who may be willing to give up that one if you had to spin the wheel and make it stop somewhere? Well, just look at all the teams that need quarterbacks, put them all on a piece of paper. <laughs> and, I mean, you, 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 you give me a team that needs quarterbacks. So, obviously, Shefty's speaking around it there, but he's basically saying any team that needs a quarterback, which I don't know if any team that needs a quarterback would be willing to give up a one for Justin Fields. It's a pretty high price tag. But if I'm Chicago, I'm certainly interested in having discussions with the teams that are. So I want to pose this to you guys. I want to go through the teams because it's not as long of a list as I think maybe I expected it to be when you start really looking into it. So let's just go through the teams pretty quickly here. Buffalo. They'd be out, right? We can all agree. Don't yeah. need a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going, I'm just going to go by conference here. Miami. No. Zaslow, it's, you said no quickly. No. Ed, Ed, Ed two is a quarterback in Miami. No. Uh, big I'm no with them. from Ed. No, big no. Here's the thing, guys. They haven't given Tua Tungavaloa that extension yet. Now, Tua did say at the Pro Bowl that his people are in talks yeah, with the Dolphins, so I expect that they will. But. Maybe Mike McDaniel's crazy enough to think, hey, there's a mobile quarterback up there in Chicago that I might take a little look-see at if we don't feel like paying Tua. Here, here's the thing, okay? If people in the Miami organization, certainly Dolphin fans as well, if people in the Miami organization have their doubts about Tua, you go look at Chicago and the entire organization and fan base as well that have their doubts about their current incumbent quarterback. You can't, you can't move off of Tua, who you don't know about, for another quarterback who you don't know about. All right, you fair can't enough. Do that. All right, we're not unseating Tua Tungavaloa. All right, let's move on inside the division. The New York Jets, Ed. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm thinking no. Uh, we'll, we'll see how Aaron looks if he actually makes it back here from injury. Uh, but they'll be out on that sweepstakes. The New England Patriots, Zaslow, I mean, that's yeah. a team that needs yeah, a quarterback. That's the first team we've hit here in the AFC yeah. East. Now, look, are they going to uh, give up, what's it, the number three overall pick? Uh, so I, that's the no, problem. but they, I could, they'd be interested. Yeah, sure. Why not? They, they might be interested, but they do have the third overall pick. So, I mean, the only way to do that would be to trade back. They're not going to trade a, th- a third overall pick for Justin Fields, right? So you trade back, you get some draft stock for that, trade your lower one. Then uh, It seems stupid if you're the Patriots, frankly. I think you're probably taking a rook in that situation. So I think they're out. So, so far, no contenders. Baltimore is out. Cleveland, I mean, <laughs> maybe Cleveland shouldn't be out. But I mean, they'd probably it's like to do a little switch around there, but they can't. They're out. Right? You can't. Out. They're out. They're out. I mean, yeah, I can't even believe we're talking these teams. I mean, New England, maybe, um, maybe, you know, for a second round, they're not giving up a first round, but maybe. But with a pick that high, there's a couple of good quarterbacks out there, right, that still may right. be in play. And then the thing is now, right after Brock Purdy, let's sign. If we like a rookie, let's sign him. We can pay other positions. If we hit right yeah. on our quarterback, we're paying him, you know, under a million dollars a year for the first four or five years, and we can lock into some other positions. And they need a lot of help. I mean, it's now not one position they need to bring in a lot of guys tell yeah, you the what best if i'm a team like new england a a I, if i'm a team like new england amber i would offer up a second for a guy like justin fields and then with that number three overall pick i take marvin harrison jr and all of a sudden boom i feel really good about my offense i do something like that's that. that's not a terrible idea uh, they haven't been great at drafting quarterbacks but they have a whole new guy now uh, at the helm doing that not the same by the way as Gerard mayo not the same as their head coach it'll be the first time in a long time that the front office is a little separate there from the coaching staff all right moving along the pittsburgh Steelers they need a quarterback guys 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, they need a quarterback. Would they give up a one? Would they give up a one for Justin? I don't know if I see Tomlin doing that, Ed, and I'm not even really sure why. I I just have a hard time seeing it from that organization. I I don't see it. I don't see it. I just don't. So I think we're not finding suitors so far. No, that's what's crazy about this conversation. Like, so Cincinnati's out, Houston's out, Jacksonville's out, Indianapolis out. No, right? Of course, they just. Drafted uh, AR. They're, they're definitely uh, happy with Anthony Richardson. Yeah, even though they only saw him a little bit, they're definitely enthused. The Tennessee Titans, they've loved taking quarterbacks in every draft recently. Yeah, they're out, but, though. but yeah, they're, they're going to, you know, they probably want to give Will Levis a little bit of a chance there. I think, I think they're probably intrigued at least a little bit. KC is intrigued. obvious. Intrigued. Okay. Uh, that'd intrigued. be interesting if they decided to go down that path for a third straight draft. KC is out. The Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, they, could they be need a quarterback, right? Yeah, Ed, Ed, Jimmy Garoppolo does not seem like the answer there in Vegas. I think that's the best team so far. I think the Raiders are a serious candidate. There's some history there with their new OC, right? Um, who spent some time in Chicago and his coach Justin Fields. So I think they're a serious candidate. They'd it'd definitely be my top two. And especially yeah, that, if you want to kind of start fresh, you know, like, hey, this is a new era of Raider football. We got a new head coach here, Antonio Pierce. I could see something like that where you make Justin Fields the face. I could see that. Yeah, and, and the familiarity there. Uh, I mean, you have the Broncos and the Chargers. The Chargers are obviously out. The Broncos, I don't know how they get out from under that Russell Wilson contract, and he actually wasn't even the problem this season. That's the entire AFC. We came up with one team in the entire AFC that would even be interested in but trading thought, for Justin But with Fields. thoughts for the Steelers and Patriots, a, a hard look for Steelers and Patriots. Uh, a, li- a little look-see, uh, but it's pretty amazing that really only one, when you really break it down, and that was the entire conference. Coming up next, What's the best storyline heading into Sunday? We'll get back into that and maybe take a look at the NFC in the Justin Fields sweepstakes as well.